Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our scenario comes to us from one of our favorite sites, the Reckoning of the Dead website. I have titled this scenario The Central Tree for the purposes of keeping the plot a secret. Its actual name can be seen in the credits at the end of the show. It was written by Matt Ryan and Noah Lloyd. This is a one-shot uh, so there is only this one episode. This is version five. So, uh, having gotten that out of the way, let's begin our journey into the darkness. <clears throat> the weather was gloomy. The sky was overcast. There was a good deal of dirty black snow lurking in the shady places. Despite it being early spring, the date is April 6th, 1926, and spring break is almost over. A handful of faculty members from the Miskatonic Biology Department have been called to a meeting with the head of the department, Dr. Holmes Winside, uh, he, uh, Dr. Homer Winside, sorry. Uh, his office is large and comfortable, and his back wall is lined with shelving seven stacks high, displaying all sorts of biological specimens preserved in formaldehyde, including a full-grown human heart. But I'm glad you've all come. Uh, sorry to bother you on your vacation, but we have a little bit of a, a request that's been sent to us. Uh, how are you all this morning? All good, Homer. You are the nucleus of our group. <laughs> little biology joke. <laughs> oh, Dr. Yeah. May. Too early. So you, you may or may not be aware that, um... Massachusetts uh, is a rather oddly shaped uh, rectangular sort of uh, sit, uh, state, uh, I should say uh, commonwealth, is, is more common for us to say. Um, the geographical center of the state happens to be a little town called Rutland. It's, um, it's some miles from uh, Worcester, in the center state. Um, and on the exact point of the center, um, there grows a large uh, elm tree, which the town considers to be their their landmark. Not much else out there. There's farmland and there's uh, a few other small towns. Uh, I've been contacted by the mayor of uh, Rutland, Mayor Don Merrick. And he has told me there is something wrong with their tree. Um, he's quite concerned. It's, as I say, it's the only thing they've got going for them. Um, he asked if I would send a team to investigate the tree and see what might be uh, killing it. Um, so uh, if you can, put together your equipment and to drive out there. It's about, um, oh, a three three and a half, four hour drive. Um, we'll be able to go too fast. Part of the roads will be dirt roads once you leave Worcester. Um, and I've told them that they will uh, expect you sometime this afternoon. 
or evening. Uh, they're willing to put you up for the night. Uh, they'll, they'll pay your expenses and feed you. Um, they also said that they don't have a, uh, a really a, a scientific facility anywhere nearby. However, their local high school uh, does have science classes. And since they're out for this, uh, for this, the, the current uh, vacation, uh, you're welcome to use their science lab there as a headquarters. I've certainly worked in worse conditions. A high school science lab is a step up from a lot of places. Well, Patricia, you're probably familiar with uh, the American elm. I am. Big tree, big healthy tree. Should exactly. Be and very little takes, very little really can afflict them. Although I have been hearing some disturbing news coming out of Europe lately, but mm. I'm hoping perhaps that this hasn't finally decided to cross the pond. Yeah, we certainly we certainly don't want Dutch elm disease. The, the, the claim to fame is that the tree is about 150 years old. Mm -hmm. So it's a big one. Well, do you have any questions so that I could answer? I can't answer most questions, but uh, otherwise... Uh, is it just that one tree that has problems, or, or are they seeing problems everywhere with fauna and flora? I don't know the answer to that, but that's the thing that they're concerned with, is that particular tree. Hmm. Well, there are certain things out there that if, if, it, if it's infecting a tree, it could be infecting other things around it, but I won't know until I see it. And we don't know whether it's biological or chemical or... You know, farmers sometimes dump chemicals near things and could also be insects of some sort. Anyways, you'll find out when you're there. Of course. So shall we make like trees, lady and gentlemen? Uh, I'd like to pick up some uh, oh. of my equipment. I'll be taking my own car if anyone besides Freddy would like to uh, ride. Uh, <laughs> once again, Freddy, too early for jokes. But, uh, I am I'll nowhere go with I, uh, Dr. Lee. I am nowhere near caffeinated enough for your humor, Dr. May. I'm gonna go with Dr. Lee. <laughs> I will drive well, alone then. One of you probably has a town car that could seat eight. Mm. So uh, five and some luggage would work fine. But I do love the idea that Freddie owns the town car and Dr. Lee just owns a coupe that there's gonna have to be people sitting on laps for avoiding bad jokes. <laughs> All right, so evils. as far as equipment goes, uh, I'm just going to say that anything in your particular field that you need that's portable, you have okay. with you. Mm -hmm. Test kits, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just test kits and ways to test soil and things like that for me. Do you all think we'll need firearms or sidearms? I mean, I have my left sidearm and my right sidearm, but still... There's no reason to think that you would need any kind of fire. Um, there you is can just tell them more jokes. Have you ever been shot at by a tree before? <laughs> I'm sorry, was there a quick question there? Did I uh, sorry, that, that was directed at Dr. May. I, I was wondering if you've ever been shot by a tree before. Because I suspect if you continue to harass it with terrible jokes, I think you're the one that will be in uh, an issue. <laughs> Lucas, Lucas, Lucas. Okay, oh, let's get going. 
I need um, coffee now. Black. So to give you an idea of the route that you will be taking, ha ha ha, route. That was an unintended joke. Uh, uh, you were in Arkham. You'll be driving uh, past Salem to Concord, then to Hudson, then to Worcester, and then up to Rutland. Um, back then, your cars don't travel very fast. So, yeah, three and a half hours is probably good, unless you stop someplace to eat along the way. And we'll say you're leaving about, uh, we'll say he called you in at 9 a.m., so 10, 11, 12. About by one o'clock, you should be there. There's a lot of elms in Massachusetts. I think we should petition that to be a state tree or something. Isn't it already? Hmm. Well, as a, just as an, uh, an outside meta thing, uh, the uh, Dutch elm disease is going to hit the United States in 1928 and pretty much wipe out all of the elm trees, most of the elm trees. Uh, which is a shame because they're beautiful big trees. All right. So you drive. Um, uh, was there anything you wanted to do along the way? Did you want to have a discussion of any kind? Or we can move ahead to you guys pulling into the town. I don't think so. I'm happy to be pouring out the night to the majority of a drive. Um, uh, as, as he told you, Worcester is the largest city uh, that's that's in that part of the uh, the state, um, and it's about an hour uh, southeast of Rutland. Uh, so if you need anything extravagant, you'd probably have to go there to get it. Um, all right, so you're driving along. You've left Worcester. You're you're traveling, and the road eventually becomes kind of more primitive, uh, two lane. Uh, compacted clay and dirt uh, with uh, some minor ruts that have sort of worn their way into the the road. Uh, You're going through farmland. Uh, It's springtime, so there are some crops growing in the fields that are starting to get green. Uh, There's grains, but they're not high yet. They're maybe Mm -hmm. a foot and a half high. Um, and you start to come, you can see probably first, you can see a little church steeple off in the distance. And then uh, as you're, you're coming closer to it, you see that it's a fairly small town. Um, probably has a population of uh, 150 people at the most. Um, mm-hmm. You drive through it, you can see that there is a general store. There's a, a sheriff's office. Uh, there's a small free library um there is a little uh, uh i it it's it's a courthouse but it's not a big courthouse it's a little little courthouse a mayor's residence uh and then there's a high school uh which is called the central high school and uh and then there's a big field near the high school and as you're coming up you can see that there are people uh, there is a single uh, sheriff's car that's sort of parked there. Uh, and there's this big, uh, big tree. Um, 
there are people milling around it, people looking at it. Uh, and uh, you can't really see details because people are blocking your view uh, as you come uh, up to the up to the area to park. Uh, uh, the sheriff seems to be kind of trying to motion for people to back up, go away. He notices you coming and he starts to come over towards you are. Uh, they've been expecting you. Mm -hmm. uh, he uh, he comes up, he knocks on one of you on, on your window. Uh, you're the scientists. You can, you can park right over here. Thank you. Uh, and he uh, he seems to grab somebody and tell them something and you see that person run off towards the town like to fetch somebody or to get somebody all right it doesn't so seem you, like the kind of town that gets a lot of guests must be big news certainly not especially if this is the the tree that's been affected it's a lovely specimen from what i can see let's figure out uh what's wrong with it i'm going to get out of the car dust my suit off and uh offer the sheriff handshake dr herman elsner uh, and he uh, introduces himself as uh, Sheriff Pete Penchant. Um, um, Patricia, do a spot hidden for me okay. as you're getting out of the car. Ha! 004. Okay. So you're looking. You look. You're looking over at the tree, and you're still a, a little bit away from it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can see that, at least in your opinion, that it's taken some damage, probably from, you know, the you just finished winter. So big trees like this will often have broken branches from the snow and the, mm -hmm. the cold. And so you notice there's some damage to it. But you also notice there is a slight tinge of green where maybe leaves are starting to bud on the on the tips, giving it just a slight shimmer of green. You see that on other you know, trees that are coming out of their dormancy uh, as okay. you're walking towards it. So, so that seems mostly normal to me. That, or... that would seem completely normal for this time of year. Okay. Hmm. I I sort of murmur under my breath. Seems for, from where I can see, other than some winter, some damage from winter, it seems normal. Starting to have some, starting to have some budding. But again, that's normal. That's normal for this time of year. Um. The trees around them are starting to have them too, but hmm, I'll have to probably come up closer to say why they they think it's dying. Okay. From, at least from where I'm standing. So you're still yeah. at the car, but you're you're going to start moving in that direction. Well, how about the rest of you? Mm -hmm. You do notice this, the high school's right next to the field. Interesting. It's fine. I'm gonna go to the high school. Uh, the sheriff says to you that he has uh, sent somebody to go fetch the mayor. Okay. Um, actually, before I go up to the tree, I, I am going to, you know, talk to the sheriff first after I, I introduce okay. myself. Um, sheriff, um, yes, I'm, I'm Dr. Pa Dr. Patricia Astor. I'm a botanist for Mr. Tonic. Um, now, I have to admit, I've only just had a, a bit of time to look at this uh, lovely specimen, but from what I can tell, at least from far away, it doesn't look, look like there's anything wrong with it. Oh, will it be, oh. will it be e easier to see closer up? Oh, you have to get closer to it. You'll see the purple goop. Pardon? Purple, uh, I'm sorry. Did you say purple goop? 
Uh, yeah, there's there's something definitely wrong with the tree, and there's blisters. Blisters. Hmm. Um, we pull blisters on the tree Sheriff, today. Sheriff, do you have any uh, healthy trees nearby? Uh, is this the only tree that's affected like this? So far, or... it's the only one that we've okay. seen that, that has anything Interesting. wrong with it. I'll have to experiment with Cox Postulates at some point. Hmm. Um... <laughs> well, I sort of mutter under my breath, that certainly whirls out Dutch Elm. It doesn't manifest in purple. <laughs> now, Dr. Lee, are there different insects or animal infections that can cause that type of thing? Yeah? From what I understand, most insects that plague elm trees uh, eat the leaves. That's why I'm a bit surprised that there are no leaves on the tree. It's I I think as she would approach, she would sort of scan the ground looking for a lot of beetles. Uh, but to her knowledge, I'm happy to roll uh, relevant skill. But I don't think any trees would bore into the bark itself of an elm. It appears and we need to dig deeper to find out the root of the problem. Eh? The oh my god, I can't believe I walked into that. We're, we're assuming that you guys are walking towards the tree as you're saying this. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. got my test um, kit out. I, I, I'm going to grab a... Yeah, I've, I've, um, got, I've got my equipment with me, yeah. You also, you guys have gloves and everything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. PTE. Um, all right, so I would like everybody to do spot hiddens as you're walking. You're walking into this sort of crowd. 25, of that's base. Uh, 56 no, out of fail. 55. Uh, one. Is a hard success for me. Okay. Pass. Okay. Uh, Did you pass with uh, regular or hard? Oh, regular. Okay. All right. So um, those of you who didn't pass, you're you're looking at the tree as you're approaching. Uh, You're having to kind of push your way, you know, past some of these people. And they all seem to be just sort of looking clues. Um, Those of you who got a regular pass... Um, there is an odd sort of look in some of the people's faces like they're, I don't know, they're overly concentrating on the tree. They're, they're staring at it. Um, people around them are having animated conversations and they're kind of quiet and then, uh, who got a hard? That was me. Um, Lucas, Dr. Lucas, as you're looking, you start to notice that there are distinct differences in the people. There's probably about 20 people that are in the group. Uh, some of them just seem to be, you know, these are all farmer folk. They're all, you know, townsfolk. Um, some of them do seem kind of quiet. But there are a couple of them that have gone up to the tree and they're, it's almost like they're soothing the tree by, you know, like you would an animal. They're, uh, they're stroking their hands on the bark um, oh. in a really odd sort of way. Um, the other thing that you notice is Beyond the tree, there are two people in the field that seem to be ignoring the tree, and they're just walking about. But they're not like walking past. They're they're wandering around the field, looking at the ground as they're walking. 
um, like they're looking for something. But this all blends into this. Interesting. So people that are there. And the sheriff is starting to say, now, folks, you all need to go home. We These are the doctors from the Miskatonic. They're going to see what's wrong with the tree. I say, Sheriff, how long have you been in this here town, mate? Oh, I've been here most of my life. Uh, First time you've seen something like this? Because oh, yeah. I do declare purple is rather weird. Never seen anything like it. This is certainly quite strange. Um, It's been quite a long car ride. I think I'm going to stretch my legs. And I'm going to walk over. To th- this tree's not going anywhere. I don't think the purple goo is going anywhere either. I'm going to walk past to these people that are scanning the field, okay. doing whatever that is. Okay. So you're going to go over there. Uh, Dr. Herman? Dr. I'd like Elsie. to pull uh, Dr. May to the side. Okay. Herman. Uh, Dr. May, I'm. Uh, do you know about diseases? It's your, uh, it's your field. I have. Look some. how the, these citizens are acting very strangely. Some some do appear a bit more confused, concentrated. I bet I can get a, a saliva sample. I'll buy one of the uh, the people a soda and then offer to take their uh, trash. That's uh, that, that's good thinking. Do you think we'll have the equipment in the labs here in the school to do the research you need? Uh, we'd have a microscope, right? Yeah, you would have. De- well, there yeah, definitely so would be those we, in the high school. We'll have the, the microscope. So I'll yeah. get a sample of the tree and then a sample of the saliva. Yeah, so I've definitely over brought the general my store. own microscope that I could pack into a case as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably a better slides and. Yeah. Uh, what are called watch, no, watch glasses are the thing. Anyway, no important. Um, yeah, the point being, we have microscopes for sure. Right. Oh, yeah. So as you, as you are approaching the tree, now you start to notice what, um, what the sheriff was talking about. There are definitely places in the bark where part of the bark has been sort of sheared off a little, and there are large... Uh, black sort of pustules that have welled up in the wood. Um, uh, Dr. Lee, without having to do like uh, an entomology role, because it's, it's fairly common. You, you start to think about wasps uh, and oak trees that they will cause galls. They'll, they'll actually implant a grub in the, in the wood and it causes the wood to swell up and make a a blister. Mm -hmm. It kind of looks like that sort of growth, uh, but it's definitely wood, and they are leaking this purple sap. Uh, it's kind of bright purple, um, very you know bright against the bark, um, and it seems to be mostly in the center, the trunk area going up. But from the branches, there's branches up above that also have the purple goop, and it's dripping down onto the ground in places. Okay. Well, Did anyone think to bring an umbrella? <laughs> I didn't. You think always about... have umbrellas in Massachusetts. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I will say though, as I approach the tree, um, I do reach into my testing kit and pull out a test tube, and you know just 
get myself over to like an area where I can just hold it under where it, it looks like some of this stuff is dripping and just wait sure. for it and wait for it to drip. It it flows like sap. So okay. um, get, get a little so sample cork. It seems to have the consistency of sap. I think mm -hmm. Dr. Lee would certainly convey that it could be certain types of wasps or beetles that are known to lay grubs. This could be perhaps a new invasive species. Um, but this, what, this, this color of purple, though, doesn't normally occur in nature, do you think? Well, maybe they got into a dye factory. Uh, I don't know. Insects can survive all sorts of things. Then again, um, I have heard about honeys, uh, sorry, about, about honeybees making red honey after they got themselves... Uh, all caught up in a slaughterhouse, so. It's true. It, it, is it staining the, the ground, or does it seem like... Um, there are places where there are little puddles where it's accumulating. Uh, Dr. Freddie, do a... Um, do a, a biology. Right. Oh. Okay. Um, I'm going to spend four luck, and it is a extreme... Oh, okay. So it's probably something you'd want to point out to Dr. Lee, but as you're looking, you're noticing these little puddles of the goop, you know, accumulating right near the trunk and stuff like that. But you suddenly realize that there are a number of um, fairly common ant nests um, Usually, like, I think harvestman ants are those big, fat, red ants uh, that are fairly, you'll find them, you know, in sand and dirt and stuff like that. There's a whole bunch of them that are moving forward, and they are each taking a little bit of the purple stuff and turning around and taking it back into their nest. You can see a whole line of them that are doing this. So I point or gesture at the puddles and the ants around, and I, um, you know, uh, look over to Dr. Lee. I say, Dr. Lee, does, does this look normal to you, eh, for ants to behave like that? Now I know that they have colonies and queens and, and all of that, but in liquid, I don't know if the pheromones stick around and then they get the right orders. So what's going on here? Okay, you can do an entomology. Well, if you okay. That's my assumption may be this is flowing like sap. It may taste like it, but uh, I won't be the first person to try. That is a hard success, just under okay. 34, under 71. The thing that bothers you, though, about that, I mean, at first you'd think, yeah, if it's sweet, you know, like sap can be sweet, that, that might be it. But that particular species of ant, those, those are harvestmen, they eat seeds, they collect seeds and eat grains. That's why you usually find them near grain fields and stuff like that. They don't go for the sweet. That's another species of ant entirely that goes for sweets. So it really doesn't make much sense. Hmm. They're also carving out perfect little round balls of the stuff and then taking it into there, you know, just large enough to carry. So for the purposes of travel, how many, um, just say specimen containing beakers or dishes would uh, I have reasonably, reasonably packed with me? However many you need. 
okay, okay. I, I didn't know if it was like you got to. Um, yeah, no. So I'll... I think she would definitely, before seeing this, her priority was to go over to these pustules on the tree and potentially with like a scalpel and a couple of tongs, like try and slice one, assuming that a grub would fall out or something and collect the innards. Okay. But I think instead she'll lean down and try and let some of these ants walk into a petri dish um, if they don't do it on their own like for some reason avoid it very surreptitiously uh, she will encourage them and just sort of scoop them in with some tongs and slap the top on the petri right. dish very easy to do yeah. um the uh, uh cutting into the tree where the the galls are you'd need a little saw or something because it's it's still hard wood Oh, okay. So it's not that thin. Right. Okay. Well, you don't know how thick it is, but usually there's, okay. it's the tree. The tree is reacting to something, something. to an injury. <laughs> and it's usually, if it's a, if it's a wasp, it, it swells up. Um, um, but also it wouldn't do that that fast. It usually takes half a season for, you know, that to happen. I sort of looked over to the sheriff and asked, um, when did you first notice this happened? Um, uh, just about four days ago. Was there anything, uh, un did, did anything unusual happen in town or, or before then or anything terribly out of the ordinary? Oh, um, I, I don't know anything unusual. Uh, I think that, uh, uh, what day did I say that it was? It's uh, uh, April sixth. April sixth. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, what sort of unusual? I mean, people have been going about their business. It's only in the last day or two that people have really noticed. This. Well, I mean, anything that w I suppose I would say that would be outside of your usual routines, like strange weather people in town you've never seen before um activity near the tree that maybe was considered wouldn't have been considered normal for this time of year anything like that i i can think of nothing i mean we were supposed to have a thunderstorm and we never had the thunderstorm mm. that sort of <sighs> I say, Sheriff, is this tree or this area near any local water sources, wells, that type of thing? Well, there's a creek, you know, over in that direction. And, uh, mm -hmm. um, of course, this tree's so huge, I'm sure that it taps into the, the water table under the ground. Certainly, certainly. Um, as I get closer to the tree, I'm, I'm going to try and avoid getting dripped on, but... I do want to sort of take a closer look at the tree itself. Just I, I, the galls are interesting, but I'm trying to figure out as I'm looking at it, where, like, where's the, the, I hate to even say this. Where's the root cause of all this? Like how far into the tree do I have to go? Like, like where did, does it appear that this all seems to be stemming from? Um, go ahead and do a botany roll. Uh, and I'm sorry, just to, sorry. That is a re regular success. Okay. Um, 
it's interesting because I mean you you're familiar with this, this type of tree and you're familiar with biology, you know, botany. Um, there appears to be places on the tree that have been damaged. I mentioned mm-hmm. that the bark had been stripped off, that there were blisters, that you can see that there have been some broken branches, um, mm-hmm. which you assume from the winter. Um, most of the purple stuff is coming from where the tree was injured. But at the same time, the uh, the progress of healing of the tree also seems to be quite accelerated that there's a gash, but the gash is starting to is all over. Right. And um, if this was something recent, that shouldn't be like that. This, okay. There would be, you know, gashes in a tree. I, uh, Uh, I pull up my like little notepad, sketch pad, whatever, and make a quick, a very quick sketch of the, wound so that i i can refer back to it later okay um as i'm looking at it though um does it appear that the wound was like from something natural like a lightning strike or an animal claw or something like that or does or, do, or does it appear like it might have been like purposely done by like human machine like t- human tools or something like that no. um you don't see any burn marks okay. um so probably not lightning uh, though that's that might also be a little surprising because this tree is large enough that it would occasionally probably get hit by lightning. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's gotten lucky for 150 years. Um, there are places. Uh, the odd thing is that some of the bark's been stripped off, um, which could be done with a hand axe or mm-hmm. something like that. But you don't see any definite hand axe chops or anything like that plus the people here love this tree who would go after it with a hand axe you know so from what i can tell it looks like it could have been done like maybe someone infected the tree it could be but i can't i don't see why why anyone here would so so at that point freddie's going to take out his pocket knife gouge the elm tree a little bit with you know scooping up some of the purple goo go and i'm assuming there are other elm trees nearby uh, scratch that other elm tree with the purple goo and then he's going to clean up the knife and then gouge yet another elm tree without the purple goo on his knife and and he'll come back and say well let's do an experiment we have a control let's see what happens so what what are you hoping to find uh, I'm hoping to see one if the goo is infectious somehow, and two if the rate of healing between different gouge trees um, versus the original one is uh, rapidly different or, or dramatically different. Okay, like any scientist. And uh, Doctor Lee, you were going to say something earlier. Um, yes, I apologize. Did you we'll say that? <laughs> yeah. Did you say that there was a river, maybe uh, like a quarter mile or so mm-hmm. down, and then? That this tree may be tapping into a groundwater source or an well, aquifer? Well, the, the, the creek is just on the other side of the field. Um, I mean, it's Massachusetts. There's a lot of water. Uh, there's probably little creeks and lakes everywhere. Um, but that this tree is large enough that it's probably well down into the uh, the, the groundwater table. Hmm. Um, you don't have to water a tree this big. It waters itself. Um, right. 
Dr. Lacrimos, uh, you've wandered out into the field, and there's these two people walking around back and forth. What do you want to do? Uh, I'm going to hang back for a minute and watch and observe what they're currently doing. Okay. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. They seem to be wandering. Um, and I say wandering because they're not like walking in a straight line and they're not being systematic. They're just sort of randomly walking about uh, with their heads on, you know, looking down and wandering through the, you know, tall grass and stuff like that. Um, they're not talking. They're not, uh, they're not doing anything other than that. Interesting. They don't look up at you when you approach. Yeah. Um, I'll call out to them. Hey friends. Uh, they don't respond. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I'm going to sort of try and trail one of them, also looking down at the, the ground and okay. see if I can find anything that would be worth looking at on the ground in this long grass. They're, um, they're making a trail, you know, obviously through the, the grass where they've stepped on it, but they keep looping backwards and, uh, and crisscrossing their own path. Um, in a in what seems to be in just kind of an almost mindless sort of state, um, almost like a dance or a, you know just beetles walking around doing nothing, you know, except wandering. Uh, that's the only that's the best way you could describe it as wandering. Uh, what do you want to do? No rhyme to it, nor reason to it. None of them ever leans over and picks anything up or does anything like that. Uh, so I'd like to sort of sprint around them and get a better look at them. Um, okay. So if, see if I can see you know, identify features about them, whether they're holding anything, carrying anything. Um, they both look like, you know, local farm folk. Mm. Um, one of them probably looks like he's in his 50s. The other one looks like he's maybe in his 30s. Um, their clothing is a little dirty. It's farm folk, you know, it's as if they were on the farm. Um, do you try to head one of them off? Yeah, so I'm going to try and, like, specifically cut one off and okay. uh, stand in front of where I think they're going to go. So the older fellow is walking in your direction. Uh, and uh, he, he doesn't seem to notice you standing there and he walks right up to you maybe within a couple of feet of you and at that point he would be seeing your feet and when he sees your feet he sort of looks up at you into your face and he says oh excuse me and then he just starts going around you and going right back to what he was doing Okay, interesting. Um, hmm. I might leave them to it and then disappear off to the tree then. I don't think I'm going to get much out of them. That's super strange though. Okay. Um, as I come back to the tree, okay. Now that you have <laughs> all approached the tree, the sheriff has kind of told people to go 
home, go back to what they were doing, don't worry about this. Most of them have done that. There were a few of them that were acting rather oddly around the tree. Um, a woman was uh, petting the tree, so to speak. Um, she took a little more effort on the sheriff's part. He's like, you know, Margaret, you need to you know, go back to the diner, go back to what you were doing. And she looks at him and, and, and says a couple of things, seems rather confused. And he says, no, go now. You just go on. These doctors will take care of the tree. And so she eventually starts to just wander away, um, going back into the town. Uh, some of the people that seem to be focused on the tree, they were a little easier. You know, he just had to get their attention and then they would walk away. Do we um, notice anything on their hands to indicate they've been stained by the sap at all? Um, do a, a luck roll. Uh, do a, a spot hidden roll. Oh. Ooh, 39 over 60. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah you think that Margaret might have had a little bit of the purple stuff on her hand. But not uh, lips she, or anything, right? No, no, not on her face. And uh, um, she walks away, but there's still that sort of dazed sort of look. Can um, I follow her and offer her a uh, soft drink? Sure. Yeah. Fine um, weather for a soft drink. Can I offer her one? She's. It, you have a soft drink? Yeah, I purchased one at the store. Okay. Um, uh, you, you come up to her. It's a, it's a strange encounter. Um, so she's walking slowly back towards the town. Uh, you come up next to her, and uh, she doesn't really pay attention to you there as you come up. What do you do? Say, um, I heard, I heard your name is Margaret, right? Have you lived in town for long? Margaret, yes. Uh, yeah, that's my name. I've uh, lived here most of my life. Margaret Ruddle, that's my name. Uh, now, what do, you, what do you do for work? Oh, I'm married to the grocer. Also, you look absolutely dehydrated. I hand her the drink. And she sort of looks at it, and she's like, uh, I don't want that. Well, what do you want? I'm just going to go back, like the sheriff said. Okay. Why were you um, stroking the, the tree? And she looks at you very strangely. Like, she doesn't quite understand what you were saying to her. And she says, it's, it's, it's hurt. Okay. Well, we're going to find out what's wrong with it and uh, hopefully fix that problem. And there's a moment of hesitation. She's just frozen for a moment looking at you. And then she just turns and walks back towards the, the town without saying goodbye, without even sort of acknowledging you. Dr. Lee... How are those ants reacting in that petri dish of yours? Are they just wandering about, or are they all up one direction or another? They're in fact just wandering about. So they're not um, let like weighted over to one side, trying to walk in all the same no, direction. They're all just walking. Uh, yeah, I mean, they might follow each other once in a while, but they've all still got the 
little bits of uh, food in uh, or, or uh, purple stuff in their mouth. About this time, the mayor shows up. He uh, he comes up. And he says, "Oh, I'm so glad that you've all come. I'm uh, uh, Mayor Don Merrick." Uh, Mayor Merrick, yes, wonderful to meet you. I'm glad that Homer was able to send you out. Yes, uh, Homer's a respected colleague of ours. Um, no, tell me, I, I've been uh, just down in the fields with a couple of uh, older gentlemen uh, and maybe younger gentlemen as well. Is there a father and son duo that works around here uh, that you wouldn't uh, know of? Um, who are you talking about? Well, there's... I don't know. Can you just cast your eyes over this way for us? Yeah, he um, looks out there. Yeah, do you see these two pottering around? There's an older and a younger guy just sort of... He says, like, well, that's Dennis O'Neill. Dennis. Um, he's, he owns a farm nearby. Um, mm. uh, the other one looks like uh, Thomas Johnson. Um, also a farmer. Different farms. Um, they, 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 they must be very uh, enthralled in what they're doing. They uh, no. React what are they looking I for? Out to them. I, I've got no idea. I was I went down and had a look myself, and I saw nothing of particular interest. Anyway, I'm. Do you guys think you can save our tree from whatever it is that's that's hurting it? Certainly, certainly we can. Um, I'm going to go take my own samples. Uh, whatever happens, I'm going to make sure that I don't cross contaminate with any other trees. That would be reckless. This could be a, a harmful biological um, uh, pathogen, for all we know. Oh, well, I don't know anything about that, but uh, uh, hopefully not. Um, they told you that they've opened up the, the high school? Um, yes, uh, uh, they have. And we you, certainly we certainly appreciate uh, the use of, of, of the facility, sir. You see that, that rust-colored door, that orangey-red door right over mm -hmm. there in yes. the big window? That's, that's the room. They should have opened that up for you. It's room number 17. Um, All right. Um, if you want, I can take you over there and show you. That would be good. I've I've taken some samples. Um, before I go, though, I do want to look at uh, plants that might be around the base of this tree. Okay. To see, well, I want to look at plants that have not been hit by the sap, or have been growing in, in the vicinity, and then also at some plants that either have gotten hit, or have been or have had one splash far enough that, that their roots probably could have gotten it. Close enough, to, close to the tree, maybe within three or four feet of the tree. It's mostly just dirt, um, and then after that, there are little patches of grass that are, uh, you know, sort of springing up, weedy kind of grass. Um, there are a few drips that you might find on some of the grass. It doesn't seem to have done anything to the grass. Um, it's springtime grass coming up. It's okay. not unusual. I do want to take a couple samples, though, just to have a look at it, because there might be, there might be more going on that I can't see with, with, with an naked eye. Okay. So a bit of grass that has not been dripped on goes into one little petri dish, and then in in another petri dish is some grass that has gotten dripped on. And I do pull out some of my tools to try and uh br br to bring the roots with it. <laughs> Because okay. you, you, you never know what what stuff might be affecting. So it sounds like you've all collected certain samples, mm -hmm. uh, done sketches. Uh, I would ask, like to ask Mayor Merrick uh, just a quick question. Um, do you know if anyone has done any uh, 
water sounding around here just to see if I could get a map of potential water tables in the area. Uh, I'm not ruling out that there could be some sort of weevils perhaps infesting this tree that perhaps got into a tie-dye factory. Um, but yes, I'd like to see if ground tables had been charted around this town. Um, wow. Um, I, we could check in the Hall of Records, but honestly, you know, these are mostly farmers out here. Um, quite honestly, some of them still use water witches to find their, their wells. Uh, but uh, I don't think that, uh, that we have anything like that in the town records. I'll check. I'll check tonight and get back to you if you've got anything, uh, if I find anything like that. Um, but most likely, I mean, there's, there's creeks and little rivers and there's ponds here and there. So there's quite a lot of water. The water table is probably only five feet under the, the soil. Okay. Um, so something, yeah, I hope nothing gets in the groundwater. Something gets in the groundwater and, uh, you know, that's exactly that's, what I want to rule out. That's, yeah. that's going to affect us. A lot of people have wells out here. Are there any public wells, or is it mostly each farmstead having their own? Farms have them. A few of the, the buildings have them. Um, the, most of them are. Uh, anything in town is not going to be an open well. Uh, we've got some machinery that you know pumps the water up. But uh, out on the farms, there might be open wells. Um, but just for curiosity's sake, I am also going to want to take just a couple of samples out of a couple of the various wells just to, you know, have a look at. Because, again, you, you never know. We can probably get you a town map that'll show you where those sort of things are. Okay. So um, he is going to walk whoever wants to over to the science lab, the, the high school science lab. Uh, who wants to go with him? Who wants to stay? Who wants to do something else? Um, I'll go with him. Yeah. yeah right, I'm, I'm going to go to the lab. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right. So he walks you over. Uh, it's a nice little high school. This is back in the day and age when they didn't put fences around everything. So it's just you walk right up to the, the high school. Uh, it's not a large high school because, you know, they don't have that many kids. Uh, he opens up the door. And uh, it's typical. There's uh, because it's a, a science class. There are tables that are about you know waist high uh, with uh, gas Bunsen burner uh, outlets on each of the tables. Uh, there are sinks uh, for washing stuff out, and there are some metal cabinets that have supplies in them. Um, those are locked, but he just walks over to the uh, uh, the teacher's desk, opens it up, and pulls out the keys. Says these are the keys for that. Is there like a class pet gerbil or rat or or any sort of little caged animal? Not right now, because there's yeah, it's, they've just come out of winter. They uh, okay. They've been on spring break. Okay. I give you, I give, I give you that look of no, you are not feeding the gerbil the sap. <laughs> Patricia, we're scientists. We are not screwing with a class pet. Leave it. One person's pet is another person's lap experiment. But for now, I agree. <clears throat> All right. All right so you um, guys are all in the class in the, the classroom. 
Is the mayor? Yes. Yeah, the mayor. Um, I would like to just say we shouldn't have anything. uh, We shouldn't eat anything that was probably made in this town, considering that the water, there might be some sap in the water. Uh, Yeah, I I would definitely want to. I definitely want to look at the water samples before I consume anything here. And so I do think after we have a great montage of trying to figure out what this purple goo is and I find a way to identify it, um, while we're conferring, I would very much like to get water samples from the wells of the O'Neill and the Jefferson Farms. Okay. I suspect maybe they may be in a more vulnerable position and have consumed mm-hmm. more than most. Okay. Um, all right, so let's, let's, I'll give you some things that, uh, that happen along the way. Uh, you, you do a chemical analysis, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Elsner, mm-hmm. you, you do a chemical analysis. The stuff seems to be pretty base. It's not acidic or anything like that. Uh, it seems to be, um, an organic compound, but it's nothing like tree sap. It's very strange. Um, you also notice that it has some mimetic properties. It, uh, it seems to take on the color of other things around it sometimes when you're fiddling with this, this stuff. Dr. Lee, you are examining your collection of ants that you've done who are still just wandering in circles around your Petri dish. Uh, and when you get out, you know, magnifying lens or a loop, and you, you, you're taking a closer look, you're suddenly quite startled. Um, these are not just worker ants. These are, the, there's a caste system. They have, you know, guardian soldiers and things like that. And and ants that uh, take care of eggs. And then they have, of course, workers that go out and look for food. These contain all the casts except the queen. Um, and they're all doing identical jobs, carrying these stupid little purple balls around. That's startling because it makes absolutely no yeah. sense for, for them. Uh, you can do a sanity roll. And if you lose, Definitely you just, just get one sanity damage. That is a 94, so take one. My dear Lee, you look absolutely petrified. What did you find about the trees? I, uh, okay, I'll give you that one, but this is a bit weird. (laughs) This is like if every single bee in a hive was going after one specific type of flower, that they're breaking the laws that these insects typically follow. It's trying to get more of this substance. Everyone so but a queen is here. So what are we talking like? What is this? Ant, ant crack? It's overridden I'm, their survival instincts, you say? Possibly just to consume more of it or something. Again, with it. again ant drug, possibly. Well, you haven't seen them consume any of it. They're just carrying. right. They're just carrying it, and it formed into small balls when they were carrying it. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I would like to lock them in the display cabinet um, just to see perhaps either they'll walk themselves to death and die or perhaps uh, consume these. Sometimes ants will just eat, like eat the sugar before it can get back to the, um, to the queen. Um, 
in general, it would take an ant a couple of weeks to die, even without food. Mm. Um, so that would take a long time. But you know, there you could see what happens. Um, have, have you tried separating the goop from the ant? Would they just pick it back up again? That's a great idea. Yeah, like with uh, tweezers. Yeah, can I try and do that? Sure. So you have a little bit of a wrestling match with one of the uh, the, the bigger soldier ants for the piece of goop, uh, but eventually, you know, you're you're a million times stronger. So you uh, you snatch the little bit of goop away, and when you do, the ant um, sort of stops in its place and starts to. Um, like do little circles or just random wandering about. Um, what do you do with the little ball of goop? Um, I would wave over and ask for two spare Petri dishes and just, I would put the little ball in one and I would put this wandering ant in another. And um, I would ask, I would Dr. Lacry- ask Dr. Lacrimos, does, um, excuse me, you said that those farmhands were wandering around. Does um, this seem at all similar? Well, they're wandering mostly without purpose. So if this end is doing the same, then uh, potentially this is uh, similar behavior. Well, I know ants, and I'm telling you, these are without purpose. Wait, what if we give those farmhands that were wandering some of this sap? Now, before we do that, Herman. Excuse me, Dr. Hellman. You that, sound that like that Dr. people Man. want to see. That strikes me as incredibly what, reckless. What acid we can scare up to neutralize these spaces? That would also be interesting, my friend. That's true. Sure. Then we talk to the farmers. Hmm. Um. Then while, we feed them the goo. While they're all talking about this, I'm going to be examining my plant samples. Does it appear that this stuff has affected that grass that it dripped on in any way? Not at all. No. No. Okay. It doesn't seem to be absorbed. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem to burn or change or discolor the plants in any way. So if I just t- if, if I like took some tweezers and just very gently plucked the stuff off the grass, it would look fine. Exactly. That's unusual. <laughs> and, and Dr. Herman, you mentioned that the young lady wasn't all that interested in your offer of um, a, a soft drink. No, no. It was, I, it was quite strange. She was just not fair. I wonder if we put a few drops in another soft drink, if you'll elicit a different reaction. For we, are not, we, are, <laughs> we are not feeding random, random city folk this stuff for offer, our own curiosity. Patricia, offer. Well, if they're, if they're sick, we have to diagnose. How have, have I worked with, with such unnatural uh, people all this time? Look, um, university ethics boards are probably still a couple decades away from being formalized. However, this is still <coughs> not okay. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I, I think the most responsible thing to do is go and take some samples from some healthy trees and try and transplant the group into these uh, healthy tree samples and see if it uh, propagates. If that is the case, then we know that this is the uh, causal of the problem. This may in fact be a side effect 
of something else, which I am frankly concerned about. Agreed. Biological analysis of the goop proves to be very bizarre. Um, It seems to have uh, enzymes and properties that would seem to indicate that it was plant-based but there's also proteins that would seem to indicate that it was animal-based. And there's some things in there that don't seem to be, they seem to defy either one of those kingdoms, maybe fungus-based. It definitely does not look like an algae or a bacteria that's involved. It's not a virus. So for for the microbiologist, you're not sure that that there would be any kind of mechanism for infection, which is very yeah. strange. Um, if it doesn't look like a bacteria or um, a virus, then there's no reason to suggest it would actually um, do anything. Um, hmm. So this is likely a um, response from the tree. Um, in regards to some new media, uh, I think we may have to go have a look at the these tree wounds in a bit more detail, perhaps with the ladder for the higher to reach ones. Um, <coughs> it may be the case that something is embedded in there. Um, it may be the case that something through the water system has gone into the tree and has elicited this response. Um, yeah, so the, the goo is disconcerting, but I am currently unconvinced that it is the main issue at hand. You so, hear uh, you hear the sound of wheels on you know gravelly dirt, uh, and just outside you can see through the window. Uh, you see the sheriff's uh, car pull up, and uh, he gets out, uh, and a farmer uh, also gets out with him, and they come over towards the uh, the door of of your makeshift lab. I start to pop my head out. Sheriff, can I help you? Uh, yeah, this uh, this here is Paul Samuels. Uh, he's a farmer. Well, Paul, you tell him. He says, uh, they said you were scientists. You, you we are, yes. working on the tree. Well, I, I don't know nothing about the tree, but I own a farm about two miles that direction. Something's killing my cows. Uh, and it's pretty damn weird. There's some purple shit on the cows. Really? Cow shit purple, you say? No, the cows are like torn up. Like wild animals? Like claws? No, like, I don't know what to say. Like they popped from the inside. Well, well, let's not uh, make any assumptions until we actually see what see these cattle i would like to have a look i'm yeah let's take a look uh so are you all gonna go um while they do that i might go to the general store with um a few beverages unfortunately i'm not going to be of much use in this case because i I'm, I'm a botanist not a zoologist but i've studied it, basic biology yeah um I, i'll go to the um cows dr lee you wanted to get some water samples did you know yes i did i'll i guess i'll do that then okay 
So we will also ask uh, Dr. May, against her better judgment, see if you can find some raccoon traps or mouse traps or something. We could stand for a few non-human test subjects to see how they react. I will go to the general store and I will come and join all of you shortly. Yeah, field mice should be fairly easy to catch. Right. Right, just some kind of little mouse motel thing. Um. All right, so who's going to go to the farm? Uh, okay, and who's collecting water samples? Uh, Dr. Lee will collect water. Oh, you'll do that? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, you, you're going to the farm and you're collecting water samples? Well, I mean, I guess I, I might want to grab water from his farm because he's having okay. dead cattle. It could be there, too. And, and Dr. May, you are? Um, I'm heading to the general store with the general beverages. Store. All right. And mouse traps. Up. So everybody, everybody is going to the farm except for Doctor May. Is going. I'll, I'll be there soon, maybe. Okay. Right. Well, you could stop by the, the store as you go through town. You know? Oh, oh absolutely, store. yeah. Um, All right, worry, gentlemen. I'll go in alone with a few drinks. <laughs> uh, right. I'm going to go in and buy some uh, vinegar. Oh, and food too, probably canned goods. Yeah. We don't know how oh, long yeah, lot, lot we're going to be here. Yeah, when you say that, of course, the sheriff says, "Oh, but you can. You're going to be staying over at Susie Lancaster's, and she she's a really good cook." Absolutely, I have allergies. Nobody on the planet has allergies in 1920. <laughs> <laughs> I am lactose intolerant. <laughs> no, these can—they're uh, just for snacks. Minutes. Yeah, I think that would just be described right. as having a weak so constitution. That's, that's that's cool. You guys get snacks, and you guys. Uh, uh, you guys get anything you need from the general store. Did you want to? You, you notice Margaret is in the general store. Um, so I'm going to offer her the um, drink again, but this is after a few drops of the um, goo in the drink to see if she reacts at all. Would you care for a drink, Miss? Um, she is behind the counter. Her husband's there too, running ah. the place. And uh, she. Bit of a uh, hot weather, yeah. When you when you come in, you go up to her with this the drink, the tainted drink that you've done. Um, what happens is as you walk up to her with that drink, she suddenly looks at you kind of like with a surprised sort of look. And almost before you can get the words out of your mouth, she reaches forward and takes the drink out of your hands. Ma'am, may I help you? This she's, is my drink. She's, she's staring at the drink. This is my drink. How, how do either of them react like just a woman? or um, she, just stands there, she just stands there staring at it. But Mr. Rundle, he's like, he's like, oh, um, I'm sorry, sir. My, uh, my wife's not feeling very good today. Uh, here, let me get you another drink. That's fine. Would you like this one? And then I offer him the drink, and does he react? Um, oh, she already. Oh, sure. He took the drink from you, right? Yeah, she took the okay. drink from you. Okay. Well, um, my my dear Elsner, it seems uh, science is afoot. Eh. So, whatever you guys get from the store, uh, there's a couple things that happen. One is. Mm-hmm. You go back out to the car, you get back in the, the car to head towards the farm. 
And as you are pulling away, you see Margaret come out of the store, holding the can in front of her, just in an odd sort of way. And she turns and she's walking towards the tree, which gets your attention. And you look over at the tree and the two guys that were in the field, they're still there wandering around. Uh, and another guy has joined them and he's now stroking the tree like Margaret was doing earlier. But at this point, you're now pulling away. Did, do, did she drink the beverage or did no. she just take it? She just takes it. And now she's taking she's it just back to the holding tree. it out in front of her in oh. an odd sort of I kind of glance over to Dr. Uh, Lee. I'm like, is it me or is she acting like those ants? It's true. Seems Except the way. opposable thumbs, of course. Well, and I, I, I can't play a scientist. I've got to keep my mouth shut. So. I don't like this one bit. Um, <laughs> All right. No, I don't either. This is unusual, but all right, let's go to this farm, see about these cattle, and figure out what we've what we're dealing with here. So it only takes about five minutes. Uh, you drive over uh, to the Samuel's farm, uh, and he parks his car. There's, of course, farmhouse, two stories, uh, typical looking farmhouse. There's a big old barn, um, which looks like a dairy barn it's a kind of longer than the normal and then there's a, a field which is mostly low grass um he has corralled a bunch of his cows over to one side of the field he could put them in the barn from there uh he he gets out first and uh he doesn't walk towards the cows he starts to walk towards the field and he says it's over here all right uh so for, i guess my first question is when did you uh first discover these uh exploded bodies as you said well i i noticed this morning when i okay. was getting ready to let the cows out that mm -hmm. four of them were missing okay uh and i assumed you know, I don't count my cows every single day when I take them out in the field and bring them back. So right. I didn't notice last night, but uh, it must have happened last night or or sometime, you know, in the right. past. And I just didn't notice until this morning that four were missing. That's I went looking out in the field and I found them. Now, That's uh, what I'm going to show you. From uh, in the last few days, have you noticed anything strange about your cattle? Any new food? Any strange behavior? Same old cows. Same old, same every day. Are these dairy cows or beef cattle? Oh, they're they're dairy cows. Oh, have have you milked them recently? Milk them every day, of course. And sold the milk. Well, I mean, yeah, of course. So routes you might have sold them to. Well, it would go to the it would go to the dairy over in Hapsmad. I don't uh, know. And, and you have other you have other dairy cows uh, around. Well, and and we keep some of it, of course. You know. Oh, perfect. So, but as, 
But as far as you can tell, it's only these four cows that have been affected. Yeah. You okay if we do a autopsy? We'll cut it open and see what's wrong. I'd, I'd really like it if, yeah, we get rid of what's out there. I didn't, you know, I went right into town to tell the sheriff what was going on. Um, I need samples of fresh milk from your other cows too. Not a lot, just you know, a little. Of course. Yeah, you might if if there's what is it, some sort of good God, some sort of disease. You know? Think it I'm might sure be my so other cows careful, are, right? aren't affected. Maybe for now, stick with canned foods, things like that. Just be safe there, Paul. So all of this description could not possibly prepare you for what you're about to see. Uh, he walks you out, and uh, you can see there's a place where the grass is kind of munched down in one area. You can see lumps of something out there. And he's like, uh, I don't have the stomach to go out there again. Take a look. All right. All right. I pull out my, my notepad and flip to a clean page as I head out there. So the first thing you notice as you're walking that direction is the smell of rotting meat. Um, it's definitely got a pungent smell. Uh, as you get closer and you see the, the closest one of these cows, the cow seems to have exploded uh, from the inside. Um, there's purple goop all over where it sort of exploded. And uh, they're all, of course, laying on their sides. Um, and uh, some of them have purple goop on their, their muzzles, on their faces. Um, what do you want to do? All right. So I sort of have a thought and I looked over at Dr. Lee, Dr. Lee, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't there some species of insect that'll lay their eggs and other things? And then yes, but those are usually superficial, just things that are beyond the back, like bot flies and such. Mm -hmm. If this were an insect, it would be uncomfortably large to have right. uh, caused something like this. Dr. I May, you can do a biology. Okay. Um, 63 over 70, so normal pass. Your first impression is that they consumed something. They consumed some of the goop because it's definitely on their lips and their 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 teeth, and uh, and then maybe it exploded somehow from the inside. So there's uh, observe, beloved colleagues, the discoloration around the lips and teeth of I, our uh, really departed cattle. I'm sketching a. a I'm making a sketch of a cow's head with some of the stains and then a, another sketch of the exploded side. Yeah. So, so we're thinking, I, I'd let everybody, so we are definitely sticking to the canned food, right? Canned food, um, water. There's likely a source of this purple goop somewhere on the farm that we haven't found yet. Um, yes. right. I'm going to take off and just start searching the grounds um, for uh, a sort of, disease looking trees or uh areas plants. that the the cows have access to um i'm looking for anything purple or diseased or dead or dying oh, okay. <coughs> uh, i will help look 
Yeah, I'm going with you because this is definitely my specialty. Like, what could they have possibly? Actually, no. What I'm going to do is I am going to go over to, to one of the, the cow bodies that hasn't. It's probably in its most intact. Find one of its stomachs to see if there's any of this in its stomach to see what it could have possibly eaten. So that okay. way, Lucas, Lucas knows what to look for. Well, that's the easiest question to answer. It seems like their stomachs have exploded. And they're filled with that purple goop. Does it look like they just consumed the goop on its own or was it like on a plant? Well, from the way it looks, it looks like they consumed the purple goop and that it burst their stomachs. All right. So I sort of shot over to Lucas. Look for like maybe a pool of this stuff or like a very large source. I'm not seeing any plant matter in their stomach. It literally made them burst. Mm hmm. Like Thank the you. most unfortunate water balloon. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Dr. Lee is... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, while they're doing that, Dr. Lee is going to split to go to where the other cows are corralled and see if any of them have pink. Uh, if I see it, I'm going to wave the farmer to quarantine them from the other ones. Okay. Yeah. Um, Dr. So... May, what were you going to do? Oh, Dr. May? Yeah. Um, Dr. May will um, follow uh, the rest of the gentlemen looking for the source of um, the pollutant. Okay. So you guys are kind of spreading out. You're not all walking together. You're kind of spreading out. No. All right. Um, my, my first uh, port of call is going to be a sort of feeding station or um, uh, like water station that the cattle may have access to and either lakes or reservoirs. Um, okay. <clears throat> and then sort of work my way around from there. They have a watering trough and they have a feed area, which is over near the barn. Um, I would like each of you who are looking around to do a spot hidden roll. Okay. And tell me the level of hard. Uh, extreme. Mine is hard. just a regular success. Okay. Um, with a, with a regular success, uh, you notice, uh, that there, you know, there's a lot of evidence that other cows were around here, you know. Um, and as you're heading towards them, the cows seem to act like normal cows as you're moving that direction. Uh, those of you who got a hard, you notice that there seems to be definitely areas where the grass um, in the field has been mashed down. Uh, some of them not necessarily right where the cows were. Uh, and then uh, Dr. Uh, Aster, uh, you're sort of walking towards one of these mashed down areas. And what you see is this. Oh my God. It seems to be about two feet long, mm -hmm. maybe six or seven inches wide. Uh, it looks like it's made out of brass, and there seems to be some odd residual um, liquid or crystalline substance on the inside of it uh, that um, is not purple. Um, but you also notice that all around it, the grass is also scorched. All right. Um, Dr. Alsner. Over here. Uh, what is it? I think I might have found the impact site. 
Does that what is that canister? This looks like a some kind of chemical I, weapon they'd use in the Great War. That's what I was thinking. But look at this. This crystalline substance, it's not purple, but it does look like something might have been in here and it broke out. Or broke out? You mean well, or I don't know, but normally because look, the hole is on the side. It's not in front. So it looks like and you see the scorch marks here? This impacted the grass at very high velocity. Or maybe it exploded. Perhaps. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to take a sample of the, the crystalline structure of the canister. We'll bring that back to the lab at the high school. I'd like I, you, Dr. Elsner, to do a... Um, do a we're, we'll call it a spot hidden, but it's really... A smell hidden. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Uh, that is a hard. All right, this this definitely has an odd chemical smell. Um, not unlike gasoline, but something a little different than that. Um, you can't quite place it. Hmm. It it has that it has that sort of sharp oily smell. Like, uh, like it smells industrial. Yeah, it smells really industrial, and definitely the canister is man-made. It's mm -hmm. you can see the weld marks, and you can see you know it's fairly common material. Do you see any uh, weird markings? Um, you know, around that canister to show I'll, you. I'll, I'll pick it up with gloves and rotate like, it. Like I was thinking, like tank treads or something, or like heavy artillery. It's Chemical not particularly bugs. it's not particularly heavy, but it's what what you'd expect it to weigh, um, and it doesn't really look like a shell. It doesn't look like a, a a weapon shell, more like a container of some sort. Well, let's see if the the farmer has ever seen this. I doubt that, okay. but just to be sure, Lucas and or the people who are walking towards the cows, um, you get towards the cows. And you look at them, and there doesn't seem to be any damage to any of them. They they all seem fairly normal, uh, but do a spot hidden as you're looking at the, as you're examining the cows. For those of you who went to the cows, ninety-seven. No, you spend two luck and get mm -hmm. twelve over sixty. So extreme. Okay. Um, I have a 25 spot hidden, so no, I'm not burning luck on that. Um, Somehow I have 60, and I'm uh, milking it for all I got. So, Dr. May, uh, you're, you're being very thorough as you're looking, and you do notice that a couple of the cows look like they've got some purple staining on their upper and lower lip in, in spots. Like maybe they also consumed, but they didn't get very much. Um, and they don't seem to be particularly acting strange. Well, you're a biologist. Maybe they are. Cows in a group do tend to act like cows in a group. And these two particular cows are just standing there kind of blank faced. Dear colleagues, it seems like we have secondary... So, uh, a, a secondary exposure. 
Yes. Let us quarantine these cows and let the farmer know that of course. there might be more. Now that we know what to soda? look for. Oh, sorry. Are you going to offer them a soda? Um, <laughs> potentially, I was about to offer them what's left in that canister. I would uh, rather us not kill any more cows if we can avoid it. They're already dead, Patricia. If not now, in a few years when they become food. Yeah, but they're also money to the farmers. So. They're gone already. <laughs> um, uh, since you're all kind of now, you've got the canister, you're kind of, you're, you've wandered around, you're looking at the cows and so forth. Everybody do a luck roll. Oh, and while we're here, I also want to get some samples out of as well, just for curiosity's sake. Even 95. Though I'm, even though I'm, I'm not expecting anything, you never know. 80. All right. Well, we'll assume then that Dr. Astor, you're going over to the well, and it is okay. an open well. I'm uh, sorry. Also, pass. Okay, you pass. 62 That's over 60. Can I burn luck to get the luck? No. <laughs> uh, who got the worst roll? Was it I Dr. Did. Elsner? <laughs> 95 out of 59. So Dr. Elsner, you see Dr. Astor going over towards the well. And you, you start to move just sort of in that direction. Do you have the canister? Who has the canister? I've got the canister. You have the canister in your hand. So it's it's big. It's cumbersome. You know, it's a couple feet long and, and so forth. The rest of you, suddenly, as you're, as you're, you're just sort of wandering in that direction, um, Dr. Elsner suddenly trips and goes face down into the dirt. And because he's he's not stopping himself because he's holding that damn canister, he drops the canister and it rattles to the ground. But uh, Dr. Elsner, you you go face down into the dirt. You you take one hit point of damage. Oops. Maybe you got a bit of a bloody nose. Roll luck again to see if you land in a cow pie. No, there's no <laughs> cow pies right there. Well, Dr. Elsner, are you all right? Uh, I'm I'm quite fine. It it's been was, a long day. It was an odd sort of trip, though, when he tripped, because there's nothing there except dirt and grass. You realize, Dr. Elsner, that you definitely tripped over something. I'm going to feel around where I tripped. All right. You start to, if you, you realize the grass is mashed down here in places, and you start to feel around. There's a place where the grass is smashed down, right about where you tripped. You put your hand forward, and your hand comes into contact with something that is completely invisible. I'm gonna pour some. Uh, I'm gonna roll sanity. You guys that. are you guys are not right where he is. You've just <laughs> right, seen right. him drop. But um, your hand touches something wet, cold, and. Flesh-like, it's soft and a little bit gives a little bit. But yeah, take your take a sanity roll. Oh, seventy-eight. That's a failure. All right, take a couple points of sanity. All right, because you can't explain. I'll I'll take four. How there can be something that you can't see. Um, compatriots. I'm gonna call them. And you all. Start Everyone over here. Him. I've I, I've I've gotten my water samples, but I'm coming over. Like, what is it? 
I, the girl's not. You, and you see him not. just holding you, his hand Do you need out. me to kiss your boo-boo better? <laughs> oh, shut up, Lucas. Feel this. <laughs> ah, that's, that's gross. Um, I sort of, you know... I'd like to throw some dirt at it. Um, you throw some dirt. I think Dr. May said that he was going to... Well, now I'm actually thinking of going back to the car, getting the um, thing of vinegar that Herman bought from the uh, from the store and pouring the vinegar on it to see how it reacts. Okay. Um, your little experiments yield this information. One is, it seems to be... Um, it's like nothing will stick to it. So when you drop your vinegar on it, you see it hit something and flow off, something semi-cylindrical. Um, you throw dirt on it, and a little bit of the dirt settles in a line, like on the top of it, but the rest of the dirt rolls off. So It seems to be about four feet long and shaped like a tentacle okay everyone don't move dr lee is going to go into the farmhouse in a hustle and ask for a bed sheet or a tablecloth even better if they have one of those classic farm picnic tablecloths she's just going to rip it off the top and try and drape it over this thing okay um you can all do sanity rolls for this oh yeah extremely bizarre thing anyone that's definitely a failure Oh, I, I found Ale. 95 over 60. Okay. If you if you pass, take one. If you fail, take two. Um, so, Dr. Lee, uh, you run up to the farmhouse, um, and the farmer and the sheriff are over there, and they say, do you need something? Yeah, bed sheets, a tablecloth, anything. Uh, all right. I'll, I'll get you something. Um Something you're going to take with you? Something you may not want back afterwards. All right. So he brings you an old uh, bed sheet that his wife lets him give you. Um, it's kind of uh, light blue with uh, little uh, daisies all over it. Really he ugly. grabs one. She like puts it back. She grabs right. another one. <laughs> so uh, you come out and very easily you can cover this thing up. Um, It's very strange, uh, and it's 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 loose. It's it's literally like you're picking up some sort of squid tentacle or something. There's no suckers, mm -hmm. and uh, one end of it seems to have a bulge, a strange bulge. Um, I've got my my notepad out, and I'm sketching the outline under the sheet so I can get an idea of what shape this thing is. So it kind of, again, it, it kind of looks like a squid arm, but just with a, a weird bulb at the yeah, end. Yeah, it's fat at one end and thinner at the other. And at the thin end, there seems to be like a ball or a, a protuberance, a, a, a fatter end of it. Um, and it, it it's very limp when you're picking it up. So, okay, and you said that it's about four feet long uh, um, yeah I, I probably exaggerated it's probably about three feet at the most okay but so it seems like light enough i think while draping the sheet like i might try rocking it and see like if it's light enough to sort of move 
Is it's, it so? It's light enough to move, but it probably weighs twenty or thirty pounds. Okay, but not not outrageously heavy. Right. I think um, I think Dr. Lynn will essentially she'll try and just burrito wrap it in the uh, bed sheet so we can sort of have a thing that we can see, and then ask Dr. May. So, do you want to poke the bulb, or should we wait to get this in the lab first? So, if I understand, are you able to wrap the entire sheet around it and take it out, or sure. sort of like invisible? You can even thing. curl it up a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Right. But, 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 yeah, but like it, it's a self-sustained thing. Sure. Yeah. Self-contained. Yeah. Okay. This is I the discovery would, of a century. It would be very interesting. But probably um, not here, dear colleagues. Probably not here. We have all the different cattle around that we want to risk further contamination. I would correct. say perhaps. We want to take this back to the lab before we experiment further. But but most Agreed. importantly, what shall we name it? I mean, I found it. Oh, you did find it, my dear Elsner. Let's not worry about that until we know what we're dealing with. Then we'll bicker over naming rights. All right. And you'll You're right. Right now, we should argue about paper. who is going to be first author. First author shall be Mr. Elsner, of course. Well, we have to conduct some experiments. This is our I only sample. Second. Well, how many areas of matted grass are there now that we know what to look for? Um, quite a few, but most of them look like the cows did it. Okay, and and if we kick it or if we kick around, we don't feel any more invisible spots. You don't feel anything more like that. So, so have... that so, so so this thing and the and the canister, and that's what we've got. Does the that's canister line up? No, it's larger than the canister. It's mm-hmm. yeah, it's much larger so, than the canister. So perhaps it came out from the canister and then grew. Mm, maybe possible that's a good hypothesis something that occurs to me uh one of you chemistry boys mentioned this the the purple goo seemed to be it would take on the color of some metals that were touching it do we think that it might be able to mask something if the right ingredient is touching it Ah, possible yeah yeah how how else Mm, if we can i say poking at the bed sheet a little bit if we can, I'd like to see if we can get a sample off the outside of this, so we can sort of see if perhaps this coating is what make it, is what's making it invisible. Wait, hold on. That means that this thing would be covered in the purple goop. Yes. Correct. So and potentially, yes. these broken limbs off of the central tree may have been from another one of these tentacles, or perhaps the entire organism crashing down somewhere, well, which is, is anything something I am terrified of. Quite is frankly, it, is it possible that whatever landed here, because this looks to, to have been the impact site, I say, gesturing to where I found the canister, because it looks like there was definitely like something landed very hard and it burned the area around it. Is it possible that maybe whatever this was came down, hit, bounced off the tree on the way down and landed here? I mean, are we like two miles away from the central tree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite far. Yeah, depending on how fast it's going, it it still very easily could yeah, have. If it, if it was going fast, it'd obliterate the tree. Yeah. Hmm. I believe uh, Dr. May was asking: Is the sheet getting damp or like wet from the goo touching it? It doesn't seem to be. So it's okay. not covered by the liquid, or the sap is not falling off. Right. So 
taking this back to the high school, we have to be prepared for the people acting strangely to act exceedingly strangely around it. Um, <clears throat> uh, perhaps we could acquire a, uh, a coffin or something to smuggle it into the, although that would look like we're transferring a dead body, perhaps not. I'm, yeah, I'm I mean, concerned about the locals' response. Yeah, we could put that into the suitcase if we can ball it up a bit, yeah? Mm-hmm. You've, you've also got the sheriff there who can help mm. moderate any kind of people that are looky loose or sneer people, you know. That, that would be a good idea to warn the sheriff to make sure our school is well protected. Okay. Then I say, if this is a potential infection, then to your point, dear colleagues, what about the tree? What about the tree? Do we leave it around? Or perhaps some arson is in order? I would rather we not have to, but if it turns out to be bad enough, well, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when, when we come to it. I think I would be inclined to ask if the general store had any marshmallows in stock. For the greater good. Possibly. Um, you guys are much closer to the barn now than you were before. Um, the sheriff and the farmer come walking over to you. They see that you've wrapped something up in a, in a sheet. Uh, they're not particularly, uh, they're not particularly curious. Uh, they figure you might have cow parts or something in this sheet that you're taking as samples. Uh, but the farmer says, what should I do? Uh, well, there are these three or four ca- cattle that might be also contaminated. I suggest along with those bodies, you know, take care of the cows, burn everything. Yeah, I think we can dig a, a little bit of a pit and, and have yourself burn them all. Well, actually, burn. I think you should feed the affected cows uh, vinegar. And if they are getting better, then burn. Absolutely. That's good scientific thinking, Dr. Because from, from, what, from what we can see, they might have eaten a little bit of this stuff, but not a lot of it. Much, le- much less of it than the four exploded cows did. Well, I should at least separate them from the other cows. Agreed, yes. All right. So that's what his plan is. He's going to get his backhoe, and he's going to dig a little bit of a half pit and then drag the uh, carcasses into the pit. Oh, with, with, with gloves, please, my dear uh, Paul, with gloves. Don't let any of that get on you. Okay. And um, yes, uh, most certainly do not eat it. This is what happens. Speaking of that, could we also, do you happen to remember which uh, milk collections were from which cows? If this uh, would have happened just a day ago. Well, it all goes into the same tank. So, great. Mm. Perhaps diluted. Perhaps diluted. Hopefully, Pastor, we haven't subjected this to heat. If if we uh, subject some of the goo to heat and that sufficiently destroys it, then pasteurization will take care of it and we won't have to worry about that. But if we... You pasteurize oh, I, I believe I would have done some heat tests just to see if <coughs> Reaction. I mean, every, everything burn. Uh, so, uh, as, 
the stuff the stuff seems kind of tough, but it it definitely pops, boils, and burns. So, so perhaps pasteurize your milk a little longer than than you usually would. But well, that they'll do that at the at the dairy. Right. So let's. So I maybe just make sure to have the dairy pasteurize this particular batch a little more than than they normally would, but it should be fine. Okay. All right. So that's what he's going to do. You guys are going to take your samples. Uh, the canister and the tentacle back with you. Um, so you leave the farm. Sheriff comes with you. Uh, the farmer is going to burn this stuff that he has. As you're coming into town, um, kind of a small group of people, including Margaret, and the two gentlemen, um, they're closer now. They're they're milling around the tree. And uh, one of them, you think the younger fellow, uh, uh, he has acquired a ladder, and he is climbing up into the into the tree. He only has to get up into it about oh, eight feet before the branches are so close together that he can just climb up on his own. Sheriff? Hey, you there, yes, boy. Ma'am. What do you think you're doing? I started um, yelling. I, I sort of gestured what, what he's doing. Yeah, the sheriff gets out and he starts to walk in that direction. Um, calling out to them. Keep but, your eyes, yep. But the people are not paying any attention to what he's doing. All eats, I suggest we stay in the car. Yes, I'm staying with the samples. I'm not risking a strange mob getting a hold of these. I am going to run towards the tree. Can you go towards the tree? You're, you're yeah. like right next to your classroom too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I, I think the rest can okay. do scientific analysis without me. I'm going towards the tree. Quite frankly, I want to go up and see what's inside this, that they're climbing towards okay steady lucas steady so lucas is is heading over there to see what's going on uh and the rest of you just staying inside the car i'll i'll head over there i'm hoping for a second discovery today (laughs) i'll keep Um, the engine running at least it would be at l on this one i'm going to uh i'm gonna grab dr lee and like let's get these things to the lab while they're distracted yes uh, absolutely it's i'm gonna like st- keep it going in the car and try and bring the samples quietly um, into the school building and be sure okay. I can find a way to lock the door if necessary. Okay. You're close enough to where you can pretty much do yeah. that. You're, you're a right. hundred feet away from where the tree is. Um, all right. So as you approach uh, the tree and the sheriff's there with you and he's like, you know, uh, uh, where is it? Um, uh, shit. Uh, Dennis, Thomas, get out of the tree like this. They're not paying any attention to him. And you notice, you notice uh, 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 Dennis is he's climbed up into the tree and I, I do a spot hidden for me as you're looking. Regular success. Uh, I failed. Double O2. Nice. You notice that there's a couple of moments where it looks like, from your perspective, like he's hesitating 
to put his hand on a branch. He'll come up to the branch and he'll stop a couple of inches from the branch. But then you realize he can shift his weight. He's touching something that you can't see is what he's doing. And when he starts to realize that there's something there, um, you see it almost looks like he's trying to untangle something from the tree that all, all you're seeing is weird motions in his arms as he's doing this. The other people that are near the base of the tree are moving around to get underneath where he is. Um, and suddenly something strange happens as he's doing this. You suddenly see the two on the ground sort of get knocked down as if something fell out of the tree that you can't see. And then he starts climbing out of the tree and the other two are on their knees, sort of facing each other. And the sheriff is like, get up. What are you people doing? You need to go home. What do you guys do? Your do you see that? The rest of the squid, it's the rest of the squid, it's the rest of the squid, it's the rest of the squid. Okay, okay, okay. I think you're right, Lucas. <laughs> um, I'm going to start up the ladder after and try okay, and you're not quite climb on close this. yet. We'll say that you're okay. not quite well, I'm going to attempt to get to the ladder. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to break out to a sprint, booking it towards the ladder is what I'm going to do. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm sort of popping out of the lab once we've got everything settled and I'm seeing them sprint. You I can see this the... sort of out of the window too, if you're still. Right. So, so I'm, I'm sort of out of the window. Dr. Lee, look at this. What are they doing? Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. Dr. No, May and Dr. Elsner, what are you all doing? Uh, I'm going to head back to the car and uh, depending on whether there's anyone around, drive to the general store to get me some gasoline or kerosene. Okay. I'm going with Dr. May. Okay, so the two of you are going for gasoline or kerosene. Um, Lucas, as you get up to the ladder, do a spot hidden for me. I'm going to spend two luck to make that a regular success. Okay. So, because you had to spend luck, um, mm. you you get up to the ladder, and the ladder's kind of on the other side of the tree, but you you come around and you you put a couple of feet on the ladder to start climbing up, and you look back, and the three people on their hands and knees with the sheriff kind of yelling at them, they suddenly go and grab something that you can't see and start biting into it. And you can see purple goop splashing on their faces as they're doing this, and they're rather violently uh, biting into this. Uh, and the sheriff is like, what the fuck is going on? Probably doesn't say fuck, but it's like, what in tarnations like this? And then the, the, the older guy, he sort of looks up and his eyes have gone milky uh, and, and this weird 
crazed sort of look comes on his face. And before the sheriff can back away, uh, he reaches out and he grabs the sheriff's leg and yanks him off of his feet and bites into his leg. Uh, the sheriff screaming. What do you do, Lucas? Arson is the correct solution. I'm going to scream that and try and jump off and book it to the car. Car's gone. They've driven car. back into town. You see, mm. uh, you see Aster and uh, and Lee inside the classroom. Um, I, I feel like I would be leading the mob to them if I were to run into there, which is the pickle I'm currently in. Um, I am going to run away in the vague direction of town and hope I don't get caught. Okay. At which point, I, upon seeing all this and upon seeing the purple stuff on their faces, I look over at Dr. Lee and at the tentacle in the sheet and I'm like, Dr. Lee, do you think they have hydrochloric acid in here? Well, it's a good thing neither of us are great at chemistry because I don't know how to make it either. But what I will do is I want to try and put the tentacle in the specimen cabinet and essentially I want to throw the kitchen sink at it, uh, but test every different household chemical that I can find in this high school chemistry lab. Um, to see if anything would stick to it or have Dissolve it start it. becoming, well, seeing, be, becoming visible um, that we could potentially try to throw or spray or anything. Okay. Now, what you're talking about, though, is using multiple chemicals. You could very easily create poisonous gas or... Uh, well, this is under the Venta Hood, correct? Or did those not exist at this point? Is it just a seal? I don't think cabinet? they had the Venta Hood. No, yeah, the, the, they ah, wouldn't. Darn, okay. Ventilator it's just a high school. A, a 60s so. sort of deal. All right, so honestly, my thought is, I realize this thing is acidic, but what I'm looking, what I'm trying to find is the strongest cor corrosive acid in this lab to see if we can destroy this tentacle before it, anyone else gets to it. It's probably, it's a high school. They probably don't have anything very strong. There's probably hydrochloric acid and sulfuric acid, but it's going to be very dilute, you know. They might have sulfuric acid or maybe bromic acid. Um, Stuff kids would use in experiments. The teacher could show them what happens when you put sulfuric acid in sugar and stuff like that. Um, course it's an old it's actually an old hollywood myth the whole pool of acid that dissolves the flesh in a matter of seconds i don't think there is any acid that would actually do that it would take a day or two it would honestly right. be faster with bases than acid but that doesn't sound as cool in hollywood right um if well in that case i look over at her and i'm just like fire i mean we'll try something i also so I, of course, did not see everything that happened in the tree, but I'm assuming we may try to sort of test superficial things, but a lot of substances are just sliding off the top. So then with a scalpel and gloves and tongs, uh, making an incision along the tentacle part, and then just assuming pink goo may come out. Do a strength. Oh, I'm actually 
That is a 93 over 50. Okay. You find that despite the fact, you know, you've probably got scalpels, you know, the kids would use them to dissect things. Um, this tentacle thing is extremely tough. It's huh. soft and pliable, but it, 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 it almost snaps off the blade when you try cutting into it. Meanwhile, uh, Dr. Elsner and Dr. May, uh, you've gotten to the uh, general store and you've gone inside to get care. They're going to have kerosene in the, the general store and stuff like that. You don't notice the chaos that's beginning outside. But I'd like each to do spot hidden rules. So while doing that, I'm the same. Um, oh, four. <laughs> oh, no. Ooh, 12. Nice. We'll Next give it three. to the, oh, we'll give it to the O4. Fine. <laughs> As you are standing there, there are, of course, brand new newspapers that are being sold, but there's also a stack of the past few days. And you notice something on the, it's the, uh, I think it's the Worcester news. That's where the, the newest news would come from. Um, there is an there is a picture of somebody on the front and they have something that reminds you a great deal of that canister that uh, you have in the car. Meteor-like rocket startles Wor Worcester. Clark Professor's test of new propellant of, to explore air strata brings police to scene. Worcester, Massachusetts, April 2nd, 1926. A rocket designed by Professor Robert H. Goddard of Clark University in his experiments to explore the upper air strata was sent through the air in an isolated part of Worcester this afternoon like a flaming meteor with a roar heard for two miles around. The noise was such that the residents called police headquarters saying that an airplane was shooting along on fire. Two police ambulances scoured the area looking for victims and an airplane left Grafton Airport to aid the search. It was later learned of the experimental launch and the public has since been warned of possible future tests in the coming weeks. The experiments marked the climax of 17 years work by Professor Goddard to design a projectile that can penetrate the upper air regions. Professor Goddard has the financial backing of the Smithsonian Institution as well as Clark University. And the picture kind of that canister looks like the bottom part, like the fuel canister for this rocket in the picture for the rocket oh i what if that rocket hit something something you say something not of the surf <laughs> yeah now my dear elsner this next question is very important you do have samples in your bag of the right. purple sack the world has to know that this is happening. I think you're right. This is the one time I'm agreeing with you, Dr. May. For the greater good, yes? For the greater good. Let's, let's leave. For the greater good. And you hear the sound of hard leather-bottomed shoes running along the sidewalk, and the door <clears throat> suddenly comes blasting in as Lucas, Dr. Lucas, comes breathless into the uh into the general store because he saw the car parked right outside and uh he seems white as a sheet and freaking out 
cannibals eating fire tree squid light tree tentacle leave leave all right so we're gonna get back into the car are are the people chasing him or is it still no there's nobody chasing him at the point at this point so dear colleagues who's good at driving um we're still in the school you're you're gonna gonna have to pick us up so my I didn't give that over the sun my cowards. <laughs> I mean, we could. How brave am I feeling? My driving, my driving is yeah. base. Okay, I'm, well, um, I'm very good at driving. You know what? We'll 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 make it nice and easy. We'll drive by the tree, we'll throw honk. fire at it, yeah. and then leave. Absolutely, and the doors might be open if our colleagues decide to get in. We cannot help it. We'll we'll honk for them. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get in the car, uh, whip a Yui, and we, then we, get we, ready we, to drive back. I'm making okay. Molotovs We could soak the, the newspapers in the um, accelerant and okay. then throw and ignite. As you get out of the store and going to get in the car, and uh, as you are in the classroom looking out the window, uh, the... Three people uh, have seemed to all gotten up. Um, They are acting feral, violent. Um, You see them dragging the body of the sheriff uh, away from the tree and towards, uh, towards the town. You also see a couple of them run away and... Uh, if there are any bystanders, and I'm sure this time of day there are people bystanders, um, the bystanders become alarmed. The uh, cannibals, as you call them, just run up violently and attack anyone that moves and start biting them. Their screams. And after a few moments, the person who was attacked sort of stands up with glassy eyes and starts... Uh, wandering about and uh, moving. A few of them have tried to climb back up the tree to get whatever it is. Um, And you see this ahead of you. And uh, we'll we'll do the classroom first. Yeah. All right. Dr. Lee, I say we either destroy this or leave it and run. We're in danger here. You're welcome to find a good way to destroy this. I'm fucking working on it. Um, so I think she will say to hell with this and try and grab a Bunsen burner, do the little light it thing and just hold a flame onto the tentacle. Just caution abandoned, see what happens to it. It's the equivalent of trying to burn a piece of wet meat. Um, you might sort of be cooking it a little bit. It might start to vaguely appear as you're doing that, but it's not igniting or lighting on fire. So it's um, just this sort of wet sizzle, but like there may be a little charring that we can see on the surface. Right, right. You could probably burn it with a big fire, uh, but it would have to be a big fire. Uh, yeah. Dr. Astor, you're looking out the window? Yeah, I've been. 
you suddenly notice that one of these people, not one of the originals, but somebody else, um, they seem to be wandering uh, somewhere between the tree and your classroom, and they're smelling the air. Dr. Lee, I think they're looking for it. Um, as you're saying that, you notice the person suddenly start to focus in on where the classroom is and start to wander in your direction. Either leave it, but we have to go. They're, they're coming for it. Yeah, we're going now. I'm going to bundle it back up in the, uh, the blanket burrito and essentially try and bar the door. One idea that I may have, um, if, if the whole town is contaminated and potentially wandering cannibals, what if we left the gas on in this room and try and lead them in here and run out the other side and then throw in a match or something to blow it? That works. I go straight to the Bunsen burners and start flicking all of them on, but without the, without the spark. There's only what, what? one door in and out of this classroom. Oh, I Damn thought, it. so it's just more of a shed kind of tucked in the back. Well, it's, it's, it's a classroom, but the classrooms all have doors opening to the outside. It's all exterior. Okay. Is, okay. Is there a Scratch window that. aside from um, the one I'm looking through? No, it's the door and the window, and then the side walls are solid, and they've got stuff, you know, tacked to them, and then there's a chalkboard on this side. Frankly, this may be the safest place to be for a minute. Um, I want to make sure that we lock the door while we try okay. and plan. You definitely then... can lock the door from the inside. Okay. Yeah. Um, there are also fairly large curtains, too, that you can pull and Let's yeah, see. you lock the doors. I'm closing the curtains. Okay. So uh, the other three, you guys are in the car. Uh, and you notice that chaos is beginning to break out. Gentlemen, uh, the good of the many must outweigh the good of the few. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I think we're going to get diminishing returns sticking around here. Um, let's all agree to never speak of this. And as far as we knew, we came with three people and three people only. And let's plant our foot and get the hell out of here. Well, the but university the knows you have five. <laughs> you know, the the look, some hard decisions had to be made today. But at the end of it, uh, three people surviving is better than zero people surviving. We're, uh, we're, we're scientists, not, not action heroes. Absolutely. Exactly. We could tell them that. You know, the gentlemen and the ladies had to separate because, alas, we had no chemistry. The, uh, and then I whip a UE and try the, with that bad pun. The three of you can do an idea roll, though. Okay. Um, uh, does that, yes, that does fly. I, I passed. Yeah. Yeah. I got 11, so whatever it is, I think I passed. Uh, go past. Um, you are in a car that's built like a tank. Hmm. Oh, is it built like a tank? I mean, it's a big freaking sedan. It's a, it's the kind of thing where if you hit somebody, they'll just. Well, we already made the Molotovs. We might as well throw them at this tree. <laughs> Who am I to deny, deny an arson? So we're gonna try and then that. and honk the horn when we're near the. You actually, the you actually, you actually might be able to bulldoze your way through the crowd with By this like, car uh, uh, to get to us. 
And I can drive. I, I, I'm. Uh, you got one chance. Uh, I'm going to be uh, in the nicest possible way. You coming along is completely secondary to my mind at the minute. <laughs> All right. So we'll drive along, and when we get near it, we're going to honk, fire, whatever. But you know. Okay. Um, I could do a drive roll. You could do a drive roll. And my goal is to run over as many people as I can without slowing down too much. Okay. For the greater good. Yes. I, I'm going to spend five <laughs> luck and I get a hard on my drive auto. Okay. You've got a hard on your drive. Yes. <laughs> a hard on to the wood. Yes. Uh, well, and- at, least it's, at least it's not roadhead. That would be worse. Uh, all right. And you said you were going to hit as many people as you can. You, in fact... Uh, hit quite a few people, and they go flying when uh, when you hit them. Uh, you hit them, some of them are extremely hard, and you roll over a couple of them. Uh, the rest of you in the car do a spot hidden. 47 That's out of 55, okay. regular. What you guys notice is that despite the fact being hit by a car and rolled o- run over, they're trying, I mean, some of them have broken bones now, but they're trying to get back up and they seem to be dragging themselves all towards the center of the town. Um, it starts to look like they're they're going towards a central spot in the town, just in the middle of the road. Um, the... Uh, some of the people are had seemed like they were already heading that direction, like they're heading towards the same spot right in the middle of town. Some of them are moving towards the classroom, but you smash into them. Um, you think something might be wrong with the engine because the car engine is making this high-pitched whining sort of sound. Um, But you honk the horn. Patricia and uh, Dr. Lee, uh, you're in the classroom, and you can see this carnage going on. But you also hear this high-pitched sort of whining. It was very faint in a, for a few moments, but it's gotten louder and louder. And you think that it might be the car, but it doesn't quite sound like a car noise. What is that? Uh, you see, yeah, you've got one honk, chance! Honk, honk. <laughs> yeah, so that's Lee says, not our problem. She is going to take the tentacle burrito over one arm and using, hoping that the car works as a distraction, uh, open and bolt out the door and into our car and start yep. driving away as quickly as possible. Yeah, you still I've, have the canister in the car, right? Yeah, yeah, I've grabbed the canister, but I'm just like, uh, I'm like, what? I'm like, if as long as you have that, they're going to follow us. Get rid of it. And see how fast they can run. This is the find of a century. I'm not letting this go. All right. So you have only a little bit of a run to get to the car. You're bringing the wrapped up tentacle with you. I'm, I'm telling her, ditch it, but she's not listening to me. She's not listening. She's got it. Um, 
there is something that all of you begin to notice. This high-pitched whistle, it's not coming from the car. And there is a strange sort of effect. You're, you're almost at the point where the sun is starting to go down. Out in the field, behind the tree, it seems to be getting brighter as if the air itself was shimmering. Um, as you're running to the car, and by the way, none of these, there are still the zombie-like cannibal people, but they're all moving towards the middle of the town now. Some of them seem to be dragging things that are not there um, towards the center of the town. Um, you now definitely notice it's almost as if there is a spotlight um, sort of appearing in the air out in the field. Uh, you get into the car and just I'm about... I, I, I basically scream at Lee. If, I think if, if we want to live, you've got to get rid of that. There, uh, I think Lee's car. already tossed it into the back seat or the 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 rumble seat. Um, we can check it out the window if they follow us. Let's go. <laughs> there is this this light and this sound, this screechy sort of sound coming from the field, and all of a sudden there is a kind of glump, like uh, like. Uh, like a, a bit of a thunderclap where uh, the air suddenly comes rushing into a void. And when it does, there is this gigantic lump of thing in the field. Um, biologist, uh, microbiologist especially, it looks like a gigantic amoeba. It's shapeless, formless. It seems to have things in it. Uh, entomologist, it seems to have rudimentary spidery-like legs. And then you notice that it's covered in eyes all over it. It shimmers kind of rainbow-like. Uh, it's got black black skin but it's like it's got an oil slick all over the, the side of it and suddenly this thing starts barreling towards the tree and uh and towards you uh it's going to get to the tree before it gets to you what do you do five driving away five, drive and i swear to god i grab that tentacle against her objections and throw it because I have a very bad feeling that that's what it wants. Do a you owe me ten years. It's heavy. You know what? I've got the luck. I'm burning it. <laughs> Success. Okay. You more or less roll it out of the back of the car so that it hits the ground. This amoeba-like creature gets to the tree and in a matter of seconds, completely envelops the tree. And for a moment, you can see the tree inside of it, and then it becomes wispy, and it disintegrates inside the tree. I narrow my eyes at everyone as we're driving away. 
uh, as you are driving away and you're looking back, you see the thing immediately head towards the classroom. Um, it hits the side of the building and smashes the building in as if it were made out of toothpicks. Um, it rummages around and then starts moving back onto the road. Uh, you now notice that there are some people who were infected and they are now standing still in the middle of the road with their hands like this. And the creature rolls up to them without even kind of noticing. It rolls into them. You see their bodies absorbed suddenly into the stuff and disintegrate. Um, up ahead of you, there is a whole pile of townspeople that are now conglomerated in the center of town. And they're all with their hands up like this as you drive, swerve around them, you drive past, and this thing comes boiling up and rolls over them and absorbs them all. It starts moving back and forth in the town as you're pulling away, um, hitting anything. It hits the, the general store, it smashes it, uh, there's carnage, and you don't see any people running because they all seem to be mesmerized or whatever as you go away. You roll on down the road, and you know from the vibrations that this thing is going down the road behind you, but it's moving. you're moving much faster than it is. You're heading in the direction of the farm where the cows were, were infected. And uh, before driving completely out of sight, you see the thing moving onto the farm and wiping out everything on the farm. One question. Is there any sample of any of this stuff anywhere in the car or on your person? I left, I left all of my samples in the lab. The ants were in the lab. Patricia got rid of the tentacle. We have the canister in the car. But I don't, somehow yeah. I don't think that's sure. But I what it was. Yeah, um, I don't think I have any pink goo. Okay. No, I don't either. As yeah. long as you don't have any bit of the stuff the thing turns and goes back to get whatever's left and you guys leave the town. Uh, somewhat later, people find out there was some sort of a disaster that happened in uh, Rutland. Uh, many of the buildings were completely smashed and all of the people seem to have vanished off the face of the planet. And the tree is no longer there. That's the end of my story. As we drive away, um, I lean over and ask Dr. Astor, so we had a great brunch today, right? We are on vacation, right? It was a wonderful brunch and we never went anywhere. Correct. In fact, we will be telling, um, in fact, we'll tell Dr. Uh, we'll, we'll be telling uh, Homer when we get back Um. It was like that when, when we got there. Who, who would argue with you? <laughs> There's nobody left to argue with you. All right. So 
what was going on. Uh, I, I believe Alex nailed it. Um, there was uh, an elder thing. And uh, they had established a colony uh, underground, not too far away. And they were currently observing the humans. Uh, they had a, they can fly. So it was flying above the town and it had camouflage on. It was, it was invisible to the human eye. At the same time, good old Dr. Goddard had been testing one of his rockets and the rocket collided with the elder thing and killed it and knocked it out of the sky. Um, where it fell, it the elder things are, are extremely intelligent, and they, they know that there's always the possibility of an accident. And so it had built into its, its sort of pheromones um, that uh, once it, it caused chemical reactions to the, the environment around it, which was the purple goop. Um, any life form, whether it was insect or human or cow or whatever, that encountered any bits of it would seek to consume it and then go to a central location because the elder things, when they realized what had happened, they would send a Shoggoth to clean up the mess. And so the people had been gathering all the stuff and taking it to the center of town, including the ants. Uh, so were the people actually wiping more goo on the tree? No, they were just kind of seek. They were trying to seek out where this thing was and they were drawn to the tree because it was up. Most of it was up in the tree. And they were just, they didn't know what they were doing. It was taking over their, the guys wandering around the field. They didn't know if you would have talked to them, they could have talked to you, but they would have really not understood why they were doing what they were doing. Cause it was all pheromones that were overriding their, their nervous system. Okay. Um, so, so basically when this thing, after it died and fell out of the sky, it landed in the tree. It landed basically. in the tree bits of, well, when it got hit, obviously it got hit high up. So right. bits of it landed in that field, uh, bits of it, land, most of it landed in the tree. The canister was in the field. The cows found it and started immediately consuming it. Um, they consumed it until they burst, literally. Um, and that's basically it. And once everything was gathered, at least into a central point, well, a certain point, it didn't even matter if it was all gathered, the... Um, they would teleport a Shoggoth in and send it to collect all of the samples. So it could tell exactly where the bits and pieces were and okay. anybody that did it, including the ants underground, it would have just dug that up and absorbed the ants and the classroom mm -hmm. and everything else. So that and, was a really, a really ugly Shoggoth. Yeah. Um, and, that, and? And the reason why I changed the name of scenario is because the scenario is called the lurker in the sky which gives away the whole damn story yeah might as well call it the carcass in the tree right, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right cool uh let me go ahead and finish up um our players included alex sun riley kruger jenna Obertaz, lex hurley and bill chung with yours truly as the keeper of the secrets 
We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members. You can set up private games and you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answer any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming.